And so we're conspiring together, and I gotta tell you, somebody has helped us conspire already, or a lot of you have. We're already halfway to our goal of supporting One Hope for Kids, a foster and adopt agency here in town with $1,200. We're already halfway there. So way to go, give yourselves a clap. Um, with all of this, what I've said before and I'll say again, God doesn't need our money, the church doesn't need your money. Anything we ever give is always a response in worship and it's given freely, not under compulsion or anything like that. So as we pass baskets around to collect those cards that you may have, or uh, our weekly giving, people give online, they give all over the place, but some people like giving a check during worship. We just pray that every single cent would go to the kingdom work that God is up to, that we get to join in with. In Jesus' name, amen. What Advent Conspiracy is all about is worshiping fully. So Christmas is all about Jesus. We worship him with our hearts, our minds, and actions. We spend less. We spend a little less on ourselves, and we use the money we save to help others on Christmas, specifically One Hope for Kids. We give more. We give more of ourselves and spend time with the people we love. Ten years ago, my wife and I decided to stop giving gifts to family because they already get whatever they want. So we make cookies for them, and that just takes a lot of effort, and it's a lot of love, but actually they like the cookies more, and now they look forward to them. Uh, and we love all. Jesus came for all people, including us. We'll love and serve pe all people as a reminder of how much God loves us. The kids are being taught this as well, by the way. They each got little uh, Christmas gift, little coin banks. And so whatever money they collect is also going to One Hope for Kids. And we're excited about that. Speaking of those that are sometimes out of luck, sometimes in need, there was once a 21-year-old named Matthew who had been homeless for three years. There was a pastor, his name was Mark, uh, who was only 31. He met him on the streets and brought him some food and then led him to follow Jesus. So Matthew led Mark to follow Jesus. As he was getting up to leave, Mark said, Matthew, over the next month, I'm going to be on a platform speaking to thousands of people. What advice do you want me to give to the church today? And Matthew, who was homeless, was young, he said... The church's job is to stop arguing and bring people hope. The church's job is to stop arguing and bring people hope. The pastor, Mark, he said, I've never heard a better definition of what we should do, what we should be about. We should bring the gospel of hope. During this Christmas season, there's a lot of people that see hopelessness. Uh, many of you come from families that you have to negotiate which parent to go to and, and, all, and all of that. It brings us stress in the holidays. If we don't have a gospel of hope, what do we have? What are we leaning into? Today is all about that hope. And I want to encourage you today that when our lives are driven by hope, we get to be a part of answered prayers. You see, each one of you it could be under your breath, like, ugh, like that's your prayer. When you get up in the morning, you haven't had coffee, you go, ugh. Jesus hears that groan, and he understands it completely. But some of you have some significant prayers, especially during the holiday season, reconciliation among family, finances. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you're just lonely. Each one of us have significant prayers that God loves to answer. And you know what? He loves using us to answer them. 
This is actually part of the Christmas story as it was written. I want to bring you to Luke chapter 1, verse 39. There was an angel named Gabriel, one of the most powerful, significant messenger angels in all the scriptures. And in Luke, he tags Mary. Mary, a teenager. Mary uh, is betrothed to Joseph. They're not married yet. So she's got some plans ahead of her. She knows she's going to be taken care of. Because her parents did a good job at arranging marriage. She won't be put into slavery. She's got a husband-to-be. And then Gabriel, this angel, lands and says, By the way, you know this people group that you're a part of, the Jews, you know how you've been hungering for your own nation? You know how you've been hungering for God to come and, like, take care of the Roman occupiers that have enslaved you? You know you've been waiting for that for, like, years and years and years, hundreds of years? I'm going to solve all of it through you. Teenager, Mary. And Mary goes, whoa! It's, it's, a, it's not the Greek description, but she goes, whoa! And she doesn't respond in hopelessness. She responds in hope. And one of the first things she does is goes and visits her cousin. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 39. She'll be up on the screen for you. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. Zechariah was uh, her cousin's husband who had his own angelic visit, actually a little bit after this. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. Elizabeth's child is John the Baptist. If you've ever heard of John the Baptist, that's who's inside Elizabeth. Leaping for joy when Mary tells this story of hope to Elizabeth. Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to get that for just a second. When people are filled with the Holy Spirit in the Scripture, there's typically a palpable resonance about them. They're crying, they're laughing, sometimes they're falling down, sometimes they're speaking in tongues, often they're prophesying. So look what Elizabeth does. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 42. Elizabeth gave a glad cry. That was the the palpable resonance of the Holy Spirit filling her. And she exclaimed to Mary, just like the babies. The babies get it, I'm telling you. God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. So she's prophesying over Mary at this point. God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? So Elizabeth gets it. She's got this resonance from the Holy Spirit that says, this is important. The baby that Mary is carrying is going to change everything. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And I want you to hear this verse. You are blessed. Why? Because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Would you just speak that verse with me? You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You see, when our lives are driven by hope, we get to be a part of answered prayers. This is what happens with Mary because she believed. She's now blessed. She leaned into what the angel told her. Now, raise your hand if you've ever had an angel land and tell you that you were going to be the mother of the Messiah. Anyone? 
I don't know how she would have responded. I don't know how I would have responded. But she responded really well. She believed. She believed and she leaned into it. And then Mary responds as now she has leaned into hope. She's told Elizabeth what she believed. She receives this blessing from Elizabeth. There's this Holy Spirit stuff that's going on because of of the response that Mary's done. And then if you keep reading, and I encourage you to do that, you can read all of Luke. It's not too hard. But at this point, Mary writes a song. And Mary begins to sing one of the most beautiful worship songs ever written in the Scriptures. There's a scholar, his name is N.T. Wright, and he says this about Mary. Mary is, to that extent, the supreme example of what always happens when God is at work by grace through human beings. God's power from the outside and the indwelling spirit within, together. You see what's happening? It's like a mixing bowl. Every time you mix up cookies this season, I want you to think about this mix-up that's happening between Elizabeth and Mary and the Holy Spirit and what comes out of it together result in things being done which would have been unthinkable in any other way. Now, I know that some of you are coming to this service. You've got friends that are walking through Christmas, and there's always like this hiccup that you're having to navigate, whether it's a family issue, whether it's loneliness, whether it's finances. Maybe all this Christmas stuff just gets overwhelming and all the demands of all the activities, and it just overwhelms you. If you would, for just a moment, I'd like you to lean into the hope that God could do something different, even though the external circumstances say otherwise. Mary's external circumstances were very, very difficult. And Gabriel tells her, there's going to be some awesome things that happen in your life. And she leans in, and she tells somebody else, hey, this is what's happening in my life. And it encourages them. And then together, the Holy Spirit reveals himself. And then they worship. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere has completely changed. This is the kind of stuff that we get to be able to engage in during the Christmas season. It would have been good enough if Mary was the only one involved. It would have been good enough if Elizabeth and them and their their mix-up, their cookie dough mix of the Holy Spirit, that would have been enough for the story to be great. But actually, there were other people praying. There were other people praying. And they had been praying for about 400 years. It had been about 400 years since God had spoken to the Israelites. God had been quiet. God hadn't said a thing. No prophets, no anything. And still, there are people praying. 400 years is a lot of generations. That's great, 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 great parents. And they had all been praying, especially this man named Simeon. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. That just means that he was really faithful. He was a good disciple of God. He was good at hoping, even though there was silence. Eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So at this point, Jesus has been born Joseph and Mary are then led to bring Jesus to the temple as you should bring your firstborn back in the day. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, 
as the law required, Simeon was there. Simeon was there because he had heard God's voice and just went. He believed. For 400 years, there was no reason to hope, but he went anyway. He went anyway. And because he went, look what happens. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, and you parents of young babies, I'm sure you're thinking, nobody's taking my baby out of my hands. But Simeon does. He is so overwhelmed, so convinced that the Holy Spirit's doing something different. He takes Jesus in his arms, prays God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now you can let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. And he tells the truth about what's going on before Jesus does a thing. He believes. He believes that God's up to something even though he hasn't seen anything for 400 years. Hasn't heard a peep from God. And he believes. He changes the direction. He literally walks to the temple and he just expects God to be there. And God is there. And God is there. My friends, God is calling us to live in hope. There is a scripture in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. God wants us to live into our dreams. Don't hold back when you pray. Let God guide them. Ask for everything. Don't become so pious or religious that you only say, well, God, if it's your will, then I won't, you know. Reinhard Bonnke, he's, been, he's called the Billy Graham of Africa. He's just passed away this past week. He said this. He said, ask with faith in God. We cannot ask too much. Ask. That is Christ's command. We are not outside Christ's command by asking. Don't worry about asking inappropriately. Our job is to ask anyway and let God decide how to act. It will not upset him when we ask. Ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Our job is to lean in hope and be a part of what God already wants to do. But if we never lean in and pray, we miss out. God is calling us to live in hope. How would we live differently if we knew that God could use our lives just like he used Mary's, just like he used Elizabeth's, just like he used Simeon's? Could you imagine how Joseph and Mary felt when this guy changed his direction, came to the temple and said, Hey, remember the angels? Remember how you, you leaned into God's promises? God's been telling me about that. And you're good. You're doing great. Could you imagine how they felt? Not lonely anymore. All of a sudden, they got the confirmation from God because somebody took a risk in hope to say what God was up to. God is asking us to share how our hopes have been fulfilled so that others can rest in their own hope. You see, there are some people here that have been praying a long time for some things. Some of you have been praying for a long time for a job. Sometime, some of you have been praying for a long time for God to heal your loneliness, to get rid of your addiction. You all have been praying for a long time. It's time for us to share how God how God has done things in our own lives 
so we can encourage others to the hope that God has asked them to have. God is calling us to live in hope. I want to ask you, church, what dormant hope is God asking you to revisit or surrender or renew or release for Christmas? This is the time to lean into hope. This is the time to begin to ask God for forgiveness for all those places that we went astray. This is the time to say, God, I'm so sorry. I forgot the thing that you told me that you were going to do. I, I, I respond again and I say, yes, God, you're going to give me that hope again. This is a time for some of you to actually believe that you are a child of God worthy of God's love. It's time to cut off those places in your life that say, I'm dirty I'm wretched, I'm a mess, God doesn't love me, I don't have any place with him. It's time to lean into the hope that God loves you so much. And no matter where you've come from, he's got so much for your life. I don't have the angel Gabriel for you today, but I have heard the Lord for you. And he is saying, I love you so much, would you come back to me? No matter where you've been, would you come back? Would you respond to my love? I just want to love you, God is saying. Would you lean into the hope that my love will take care of everything in your life? Don't lose hope. God has plans for you. He's going to fulfill your hopes and dreams. He wants you to bring them to him. Church, if there's anything that you could remember today, would you lead your lives by hope? so you can be a part of God's answered prayers for your lives and others. Would you stand with me, please? There are some of you that need to respond to that hope for the first time today. And there's uh, on the screen for you, it's a simple prayer that we ask people to pray. You may have prayed it once before, but we're saying, would you pray it again all together today? And if it's your first time praying it, or you're praying it for the first time in a long time, we want you to respond at the end of the service by saying, that was me. But can we all pray this prayer together this morning? It's in Spanish and English for you. Would we say together, Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. And would you just surrender all those places that you feel like have gotten in between you and Jesus? All those places that have denied your hope that God could love you through anything. Would you just lay them down? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just sense the Holy Spirit just coming on people right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Draw people to yourself. When we confess our sins, God doesn't condemn us. He forgives us. He sets us free. So Holy Spirit, just begin to set people free this morning. And in response to God's love, we are bold to say, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. And just hold on for a second. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is a leaning into hope. Would you just receive right now? Some of you have been hungering for the Holy Spirit to come on your life, to empower you, to give you purpose, to give you mission. I now receive that gift. 
I now receive your gift of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're bold to say, please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Again, if that's your first time praying or if it's been a long time, I want you to come to the front this morning and just say, that's me. That's me, and I want to start a new life with Jesus. I'm going to lean into hope. For the rest of you, I want to bless you with this benediction. Would you receive this blessing this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out from this place into the Christmas season filled with hope. And as you lean into hope, that God would make you a part of his answered prayers in the world for you and for those around you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.